Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon, and this is PSG Small Talk for Sunday, August 12th, 2018. And we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about the first league on game of the season, PSG's 3-0 victory over Khan. We're also going to talk about PSG's newest signing from Germany, and it's not the center back that you thought it would be. But let, let me just start it this way. Adrian Rabio. Now, we have been going through this, will he or won't he sign a contract extension nonsense for the better part of a year. And he hasn't come out and said either way what he really wants to do. He's not revealing his intentions. And I guess to a certain degree that's admirable in a business sense. But there was a report that just came out from the Keep last night that said that Adzin Rabio had once again snubbed a PSG contract offer and is looking to ride out his contract or be sent somewhere else. Now, I don't know where he would be sent to. Barcelona have sort of filled up their ranks. Bayern Munich, uh, they don't really need a midfielder. Juventus don't really need one either. Um, I guess maybe the Premier League will always spend money on a guy, but I just feel like we've gotten to this point, and I've maybe talked about this in the past, but I I just want to make it clear again. Adrian Rabio is a very good player. He has the potential to really be a tremendous player. The problem is his attitude sucks, and... His attitude sucks because he can't seem to make the mature adult decision. And in this case, the mature adult decision is to tell PSG, I want to move, move me. Now, in all fairness, he may have said that. And this may be PSG playing hardball or PSG desperately trying to keep him. He may have told them that. That's fine. But if he did and PSG refused to do anything, I expect him to make it public that he wants to move. Because if he does that, he's at least giving the fans a answer either way instead of leaving everyone in the dark. And I feel like that's the way you better you better respect your fans. That's the way you best respect your fan base is you tell them the truth, and you don't string them along. And if he's told the board, or if he's told Nasser that he wants to leave, I think he should tell the fans that he wants to leave. I think he should be straight up, he should be honest, he should be upfront about it, and we can we can get it done from there, and we can move on, and we can all part relatively friends. But stringing either PSG along or the fan base along or both along is not good business. And quite frankly, it's immature, whether he can make up his mind or not. And I quite frankly don't know at this point in his life if he's mature enough to make up his mind on important issues without his mother telling him what to do. So I'll leave it there. I think PSG can find a replacement for him. I think their academy, as you saw today, is not wanting for talent. They have midfielders like Yassine Adley, Moussa Diaby, 
they have players, even Antoine Burnett, who sh- who played in this game for some reason. They they have they have talent. This is not Rabio leaves and PSG all of a sudden go down the toilet. So, Adrian, you're you're we like you. We did like you. You've been a good example of what our youth academy can produce. You've had some really great moments with the club, but. We're at the point now where you either have to piss or get off the pot. Are you with us or are you not? If you're with us, great. Sign the extension, even if it's for a year or two extension, and we'll go from there. If not, we'll send you on your merry way, and we'll go from there in that way. But this stringing us along thing, this having things leak through the media thing, that's not acceptable for a player that, from our youth academy, should have a bit more respect for the people that helped him become the star that he is today. So, let's move on from that because it's depressing. PSG have now signed a new center back. And no, his name is not Jerome Boateng. It's actually Tilo Kerrer. And that's how I'm going to pronounce that name for now. Tilo Kerrer. Unless someone uh, tells me that there's a different pronunciation. Tilo Kerr is a 21-year-old center back from Schalke. And no one saw this coming. There was no rumor. There was no rumor in innuendo that there was going to be a potential deal on this front. All eyes were focused on Jerome Boateng and the negotiations between him, PSG, and Bayern Munich. Now, to catch people up, Bayern Munich wanted 50 million euros for Jerome Boateng. PSG did not want to pay that much. They wanted to pay around 40-ish. So, as far as I'm piecing this together, once PSG, and I'm not sure at what point this was, but it was probably at a point last week or the week before, once they realized that this deal was more trouble than it was worth, they decided to go for another option, a different type of option. This is a very diametrically different uh, signing than Jerome Boateng would have been. Boateng's 29 years old. He has some injury problems, but he's a gifted passer, great in the air, and he's, uh, you know, he's a gifted player. He's an experienced player. This kid is very different. If you watch his comps, incredibly lanky, athletic, hasn't really filled into his body yet. He's got great reaction and timing. He's diving into challenges. He might be a little bit too um, aggressive. I think there may be a situation where he might get a red card or two in his first season at PSG. But right now you have three really good center backs. I mean, really, really good center backs. So... This kid does not have to be a starter right away. He'll get minutes in the cup matches. He'll get league on starts. And eventually, maybe next year or the year after, here's a kid that could take Thiago Silva's place, and you can have a three-man rotation of Marquinhos, Kimpembe, and Kerner. Or Kerrer. I gotta get that name right. I have to say it enough times where I get it right. Kerrer, Kerrer, Kerrer. Okay, so... It's an interesting um, it's an interesting move. It was for about 37 million euros. Now, because Gonzalo Guedes is about to get sent to Valencia for about 3 million more than that, it essentially 
turns into a wash. So part of the key to PSG's transfer window was to make sure that they broke even with whatever deals they had to do after the Kylian Mbappe uh, purchase, which they had to make in this uh, in this calendar year or this this calendar football year starting on July the first. So. PSG have been very cautious in their dealings. They got Gigi Buffon on a free. They've signed a lot of their academy up, and they've made sure that if they're going to make a deal, that they can balance it out. They are still under investigation, quote-unquote. It's more of a stall tactic, but whatever. They're still under investigation. So this is the type of move that PSG is going to make. It's a player that Thomas Tuchel wants or would like to have. So I'm going to give it a chance. I think it's a good, I think anytime you bring in somebody who has that kind of potential, who has that skill set, has that size and speed, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta give it up. It's, it's a good, it's a good gamble or risk to take on a kid that is becoming and was becoming one of the better players in the Bundesliga, one of the better young players in the Bundesliga. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a B plus. I want to see where it goes and how much how many minutes he gets this year. But I'm impressed with two things. One, the fact that they were able to sign a young, talented center back to complement what they already have, because PSG have been playing with three center backs for two years, and that's not how you um, that's not how you're supposed to do things. You really want to have four center backs, especially when you're playing three at the back. But I would I would say bravo. And the fact that they kept this so quiet, the fact that this is a guy that other teams wanted and that PSG were able to fly under the radar and pick this guy off, really good bit of business. Uh, you have to be impressed with the way PSG were able to manage this whole situation. On to the game. PSG defeated Caen 3-0 at the Parc des Princes. A lot going on pregame and in the halftime. This was a day to honor Presnel Kimpembe, Alphonse Ariola, and to probably a little bit of a better extent, Kylian Mbappe, because the World Cup, the World Cup trophy, was in the Parc des Princes, and PSG gave them a nice little ceremony before the match, and um, I felt that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Um, at halftime, they honored Javier Pastore, who came back to the Parc des Princes for his farewell. Emotional for people, especially David. Um, I'm sure he was very, uh, had a lot of trouble keeping a dry eye during that. So, um, it's good to honor your players. It's good to bring them back and give them farewells. I feel like that's how you should do it. It's the classy thing to do. Javier Pastore gave a lot to this club. He was never really able to reach his full, full potential with PSG, but he had a very good career. And nothing but respect for the man, and I wish him the best of luck in AS Roma, a place where he can thrive and be in some major big-time football matches. But on to the game. PSG played with an interesting setup. It was kind of a 4-3-3, but you had Dagba and Nsoki as the fullbacks, Marquinhos and Silva as the centerbacks, Buffon in goal at 40 years old. I thought he was good. A couple, you know, there was one ball that hit the post, but it was a tough shot, and I think he had it red. 
But overall, Buffon's going to be fine in league on. I have no issue with Buffon as my goalie if he's the starter. He'll be just fine. The guy's the guy's a freak of nature. He's a he's a wily veteran. I, I I'm not worried about him in this league really very much at all. I think he'll be okay. Um, you had the surprise start of Antoine Burnett, who is a player that PSG signed to a pro contract about two years ago, and is. On the last year of his professional deal right now, I believe, um, he might be a player that resigns, but he was okay. Um, he didn't have to do a whole lot. He, he just pretty much had to keep the ball moving and not screw up. Um, Rabio played, um, and um, who was the other one? I got to think this through for some reason. Um, it was Burnett. It was DR. Of course, it was last DR. So it was Rabio who was very good, and then Lastiara, who I think right now is PSG's starter in that defensive midfield role. I think going into the season, your your starters are Verratti, Rabio, and Diara, not Lachelso, not um, not anybody else. I think those. I think he's the guy, and he's shown so far. In the preseason and in these uh, first couple of matches, that he's he's good. He's he's uh, he's got his form back. He looks like a player that could give them really quality league on minutes. I'm not sold on him in the Champions League yet. You kind of have to see it first. I, I'm not sold, but for what he needs to do in this league, I think he'll be perfectly fine. He was strong on the ball. He wasn't turning it over left and right. He was just solid today, and he and he has shown that he is a reliable piece for Paris Saint-Germain. And in attack, you had Neymar, Nkunku, and Angel Di Maria. And what they did in this game, which was kind of odd, but I understood why they did it, was that they played Neymar as a false nine. And they had Di Maria on the left and Nkunku on the right. And I thought that made a lot of sense for a pretty simple reason, and that's that it does you no good to have Neymar with the ball at the midway line dribbling at Kong. Because one of two things are going to happen. One, they're going to close their block even more and they're going to have him dribble into a wall. Or two, they're going to kick the living shit out of him. The, the more he's on the ball, the more he's going to get kicked. And I think that what Tuchel has decided... And this is another option because he is just so much more tactically flexible than Unai Emery ever was. This is an option against teams that play low blocks, where you tuck Neymar in to the middle, and then you have Di Maria or Mbappe, Di Maria, Mbappe, Nkunku, playing out on the wings with more space because with Neymar tucked in, it, it takes away the center backs. It takes away a defender because you have to play them and you have to close up the middle of the field to take Neymar away. So I thought what it did was it allowed you to open up the wings and it gave Dagba and Nsoki and uh, Di Maria and Nkunku a lot more room on the outsides to operate than they would have say, if Cavani was in the middle or even Mbappe is in the middle. 
So I thought as a strategy, it helped their offense be a little more uh, stable. Now, it took away a lot of their explosiveness. Um, offensively, they weren't as dynamic with Neymar in the middle, and that's a trade-off that you're going to have if you do this. But it does give you the ability to press a little more, because I thought Neymar pressed really decently well from the middle. And the pressing was great in this game, just not to go off on a tangent, but the pressing was really good in this game. So I have to say that was what led to two of the three. Actually, I think it pretty much led to all three of the goals, because PSG were able to turn Con over in their own half and really put pressure on them and get into, un, you know, man-up situations and fast breaks. I, I think it was good tactically from Tuchel. It wasn't special. They didn't look special. And I will say at times they looked shaky in the back. And when a team has 80 to 75% of the possession, they are at times going to look a little exposed in the back because you bring up a lot of your players and you leave holes for counters. That's just going to happen. And a team like PSG, and I think a manager like Tuchel is going to live with that. So I would say, yes, it was a little shaky at times. There was a time where Thiago Silva almost headed the ball into his own net. Um, there was a free kick that was a little wonky that almost went in. Khan had their chances, and they're a pesky team. I would say the best way to describe Khan is pesky. But PSG did exactly what they needed to do. They got the win. They got the three points. On to the next game. You had Neymar open his account in league gun. He scored in the 10th minute. Adrian Rabio scored off of a brilliant uh, run and assist from Angel Di Maria. And then you had the kid who came off the bench. And let's talk about this for a second before we kind of close this thing out. Uh, Julian Draxler came on. He replaced Angel Di Maria. He kind of went wide but was also facilitating. Musa Diaby came into the game, uh, a young 17-year-old uh, PSG Academy player, not yet signed to a professional deal, I don't think. He played out wide on the right. He kind of took Nkunku's place as Nkunku kind of bounced into the middle. They kind of went to a 4-2-2 with Rabio and Bernad tucked in, Draxler and um, Diaby on the wings, Unkunku and then Timothy Weah came in and they sort of played up top and sort of traded off with each other. And Timothy Weah scored in, I think, the 90th minute off of a mistake by Bryce, um, by the goal, I can't remember his name, but it, uh, by the Kong goalkeeper. It's, 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 uh, I, I don't remember. It's okay. He, he had a decent, their goalkeeper had a decent game, except for the mistakes at his feet. He just couldn't play the ball with his feet. He can make the saves with his arms and his reactionary um, thing, but he just couldn't make the saves with. He, he just couldn't move the ball with his feet. So that's what kind of that's what kind of um, screwed him up in the end. And let's see if I can get his name. Bryce Zamba. Bryce Zamba is his name. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I got that. Uh, but a, a good um, anticipatory press by Tim Way. He got to the ball. He was good in his reaction, and he got his first league on goal. He has been really good in this preseason. He's only getting better. I think he stays with PSG the whole year. I think he comes off the bench for them. He's an option off the bench that they haven't had for a long time that could just come off the bench and give them instant offense. 
So I'm good with it. And he's American. How can I hate that? Make sure as we start our, I believe, our third full season covering Paris Saint-Germain here at PSG Talk, make sure to follow PSG Talk on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just look for PSG Talk. You'll find us. Um, and while you're there, look for our um, our contributors and correspondents. We pretty much all have Twitters. Mine is at MarkDamon1. If you don't know what it is at this point, you can look me up there. Um, check out our Instagram and our Facebook, which we're posting more to. Um, subscribe to our podcasts if you have not done that already. They should all be in one feed. We should have a PSG Talking coming this week with Guillaume and some uh, new and old faces as we continue to build our uh, correspondent base and our and our contributor base. Um, also, make sure to visit the website. We have articles up from myself um, about Neymar and Kylian Mbappe having to work together as dueling guitars. Ed previews the 2018-2019 season. That is all at psgtalk.com. And while you're there, if you want to give us some money to help us run our operating costs and create brand new special content for you, visit our Patreon page. We don't need a lot, but every little bit helps. So I will probably be back on Saturday with coverage of PSG going on the road to face Gingam. Uh, we'll see if the Parisians and the French players are back, the World Cup players. Um, we'll see how that all looks. And we will continue to march through August. We'll see how hot of a start PSG can get off to. But so far, so good. So for... Um, for, um, sorry, I'm, I'm conf- sorry about that. Let's let's close this thing out for PSG. <laughs> Great. So for PSG Talk, this has been PSG Talk correspondent Mark Damon saying au revoir for now. That was quite smooth, wasn't it? <laughs> Usually I'm more smooth than that, but au revoir, everybody. <laughs>